All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another classic episode of the Odeer Podcast. I am the vice, vice, vice president of Odeer Nation. Odeer. I'm not as good at it as you, Christian. Um, joining me as always is Christian Duran, Nick Wimmer. How you folks doing? Doing good. I'm impressed that you just took the lead on that. Christian was like, all right, who wants to start? And you just went into it. You didn't well, you know, the option. I like that. You, you know, you really just showed um, initiative. I like initiative, Fred. <laughs> good for you, buddy. I, I'm growing. You see? Yeah. I'm still, you know, I, well, you know, I yeah. kind of see myself as like the leader of this podcast. And like, <laughs> I just feel like I need to set an example for you guys um, as someone you look up to. Uh, well, I have to say, post special, Brett, you've really grown up. <laughs> I'm very egotistical now that I've had a special do a modicum of a modicum of a modicum of success. <laughs> so I didn't listen to last week's episode. Um, I was featuring our friend Jordan Rabel. I haven't listened to it yet. It's saved on my phone. But um, I did hear that Jordan was bashing The View. So without knowing Ooh. what he said, I have to come on and I have to defend Uh-oh. the view. Uh, 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 I don't remember what he said. This show pays the bills, man. This show pays the bills. It's the number one show in daytime right now. He okay. actually he complimented the hosts and he said only the producers behind the scenes are wretched. Uh, he, it was that, very targeted toward your wife. It was very that offensive. Is ridiculous, dude. Show's How not number you. one without the amazing, talented producers who work on it. I don't remember what he said. I remember, I kind of remember, vaguely remember it coming up, but I don't remember what was. I don't even. I got like two texts going like, "Missed you on the pod." Also, Jordan shit on the view. (laughs) 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 And I was like, "That's the most Jordan Rabled shit." If if I had to guess, like if you had a multiple choice test, like what did Jordan make fun of? And it was like a. You know, Republicans, B, whatever. And one of them was the view. I would 100% pick it with all certainty. I would, like, there wouldn't even be a question. Well, C, I, is co- C is comedians nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just went on a three minute tangent to burn somebody that no one's ever heard of. And then four, four, and this is where it gets harder. Four is women. And you're like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I would still go, like, you know what? Women are on the view. It applies. I'm taking the view. Yeah. Well, E is E is uh, D and B. So E is that like <laughs> you're like well, women. Yeah, the view is for women. So that's uh, it's so funny, man. It was a good episode. You were missed, Whitmer. You're always missed. Yeah. Oh, we did it live too, which is kind of huge. Oh, really? Live? Yeah. We were all in the How same room. Oh, in the same room. Oh shit! Wow, that's that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Saying, we yeah live. I should have said in person. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. shit, were we live? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. You're I was like, taking your jobs. It doesn't. You guys but, going to box? <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't make it. You know. That, I mean, even if it was like so to speak live, like oh, we're on the air, viewable by people. Like it definitely wouldn't make it more stressful. It's like it's not like anyone would want to tune in to a podcast live. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Right, right. I don't like to me. It's like any type of live thing, other than like a sporting event or maybe 
maybe like an award show if you really care, but even I would say most people don't care. I don't really see like like the appeal of make, getting there on time to watch it live if you could just not. You know what I mean? Like sports are like the one where it's like if I don't watch it live, I'm going to hear it from somebody and it's going to ruin it, you know? But like that's, that's really the only thing. I guess like SNL is – Sometimes watching SNL live is a little, you can kind of like, it's a little more exciting, but it's not as necessary, but, uh, everything else, like there's a podcast that I listen to. It's like a sports podcast, but they have a live radio show and it's really about sports gambling, but they always release like a shortened version on the podcast. And they're like, if you want the whole thing, tune in at six o'clock. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to plan my day around a fucking sports talk show. Who does that? <laughs> well, that's what's funny about even in like the promotion of my special, a cool thing is I was, the album was played on Sirius XM. Um, that's awesome. And I, so, you know, I, I share, it was played at 2 PM and at 10 PM. And, you know, I share the post of the news on my Instagram and stuff, but let's be real. I'm just sharing the post to say it's being played. No one is going, Oh fuck. Like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get me a Sirius XM subscription just to hear other than me and my mother. We were the only yeah. two people from my Instagram post who strictly tuned in to hear my stuff. Yeah, but the, the, the point of that is like, you're, it's like you're attracting new people who don't, you know, like the people who listen to the satellite radio on their on their way to work and stuff like that. Yeah. You're trying to get new people into your ecosystem. You're not trying to get everybody who likes you to go watch it. You know what I mean? Like the whole point of it is to get new people. So, yeah, but it's also like it's also like being like, hey guys, they're they're playing The Godfather on AMC right now. It's like, yeah, they're also <laughs> it's also on HBO Max anytime I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love anytime. That. I love when a, some some comedians are, will show their age just a little bit, where they'll have a late night uh, set, and yeah. uh, they'll literally write like it's awesome news and everything, but they'll write like so set your DVRs to, and you're like no one is setting their DVR for anything, let alone your late, let alone a late night set, but anything, just anything, not yeah. not any te- not big little lies, not whatever. Yeah, it's all YouTube clips. They're like, oh, I'll check it out on YouTube. Nobody thinks. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I guarantee you, like, whatever, like, bit that any of those late night guys do, like, um, any of those bits that they post on YouTube get more views on YouTube than they do live on the air. It's like, probably, there's no way that yeah. live on the air is more than I, and it just really kind of shows you that somehow some things are just kind of a house of cards that we just keep doing, but it's not like, you know, it's it's hard to like just. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if all of TV just stopped tomorrow, it wouldn't be that noticeable of a difference, other than live events like sports. Mm. You're yeah. Sports are the only thing that gets people to tune in because because it it yeah. really is the only. It's like you said. It it's you know for your like ecosystem of entertainment, it then is news how your team did like. Whereas like a performance or a drama isn't news. And there's certainly no shows yeah. that have that like mass appeal that like Game of Thrones had where it's like, well, you'll hear about it if you're not watching like, so to speak, yeah. live. Yeah. The, you know, the, the only time I was, oh, sorry, go ahead, Christian. No, it's uh, pretty much repeating what you said. Just the only value to live is just avoiding spoilers because it's like the minute you step on Instagram, it's going to be ruined for you. Yeah, it's also like 
when there's a live event that like a sporting event, you just really care about it. So you just want, you know, it's like, it's like the people who go see like the Marvel movie at midnight, they want to see it the first the second they can see it. Yeah. And like sporting events are like that. You're like, I don't want to wait. I need to see this now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh yeah. There is also uh, what that, what that <laughs> said, I will. Oh, we all started. <laughs> it was like a Mexican yeah, so, standoff of yeah. I'll go, I'll go first. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> usually, usually it's one for it's two people, and then you know one person goes, "Oh, now you go." But it's I don't know if we've ever had all three people going. No, I, I got the next point, guys. Let me take it from here. <laughs> Wimmer, go ahead. Uh, the only time I watch TV other than live events now, I feel like uh, like actual like cable TV. Um, is for like nostalgic reasons is, and that the, and it applies for like two things is like when I was growing up, you'd always like turn it to like TBS and watch an episode of Seinfeld. So like sometimes it's just comforting at like 1030 at night, you turn it to one of yeah. those channels that has an episode of Seinfeld on. And then the other thing is Jeopardy and specifically the news leading into Jeopardy where they do the time and temperature by the local thing. Like that was such a thing that I remember as a kid where like they go ding, ding, time and temperature by TD Bank or whatever. And they would show you the temperature and the time. And then there's the slight pause and then it's the Jeopardy music. And they're like, no, Jeopardy. Da, da, da. Mm. And like, that's all nostalgia for me. And I love Jeopardy. So, and I don't watch every episode, but if I do look at the clock and it's like 640 and I have absolutely nothing and I know Jeopardy starts at seven, maybe like twice a month I'll go watch an episode of Jeopardy just for this nostalgia of like all of that stuff. I used to watch with my grandparents, you know, talk about the most needless, talk about the most needless, like corporate plugin ever, like time and temperature presented by TD bank. Like it's not even, it's not even like when you're watching a, a game and, and they're like, this is the, this is the all state good hands catch of the day. We're like, you're like, all right, they could have just shown a highlight, but it, like fucking time and temperature was sponsored by a bank. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing is, is that used to be something we needed. Like before the internet, you didn't know what the fucking temperature was unless you had a thermometer. And then like, sometimes you didn't know what the clock was because you'd have to set your watch to what the TV told you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you had to, like, so knowing what time it was, was right. really huge back then. <laughs> It is I funny. Get, that, I guess uh, like you're right. You when think? banks posted it, yeah. Bank what? Uh, it costs fifty bucks a month. That's <laughs> yeah, where. That's crazy. where I'm like. That's where I'm like. Do you think like could we pool our money and like? Yeah, it's like five hundred bucks. But like, <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't it be awesome to just have on the news? Dude. You know, the Brett Raybould, uh, like <laughs> the oh dear, the oh dear time and temperature. <laughs> That's so funny. That'd be a freaking amazing. It might be an affordable. It like that might be affordable. That might I bet be it costs like yeah. It probably costs like fifty bucks. But the reason they have it is because like the dude who sells ad time has been there for like seventy, like fifty years, and they can't find yeah. like ah, like Glenn have one. <laughs> yeah, he gets the commission off of that. Like he gets yeah, that, five dollars off of the fifty. <laughs> that's his Christmas, like every year. <laughs> That's where that's how he pays for it. home in like one lump sum of like yeah. five dollars a day for the whole year, and then whatever that is, and they're like, "Here you go." And you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, that would be really funny though to have time and temperature brought to you by t uh, the Odeer podcast." We need to work on that. 
But at I, this point, like, it's such a small thing that they should have. I guess it's just a guy saying it in voiceover, but they should have a person yeah. dressed up in TD, like, apparel, like a soccer player with, like, TD <laughs> logos all over saying the time and the temperature. For some reason, when you said that, I, I was picturing that, remember that, I think Jordan and I, maybe Brett, you were involved too, did a sketch. I th- yeah, I think it was Rabel's brother's sketch. That guy who did those commercials where he wore like this suit with all of the dollar signs on it. For some reason, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of that guy. <laughs> Time and temperature by TD Bank. And he's just wearing the suit with dollar signs. Matthew Lesko was his name, which in the, he was that, uh you know, like question mark suit guy about like getting you a small business loan or getting you money from the government. And you know, what's funny yeah, is you, like- you, you think that guy is like a shyster or maybe a crook. We did research on him. Turns out he's like a genuinely good person who has helped so many people yeah. like get money from the government. You know what that shows that you poor. though? That just shows you that in order for you to the best way for you to like get people to sign up for your shit is to appear as if it's a get rich quick scheme. Like you have to attract <laughs> the dumb people who would fall yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> like to then the help them. Like, yeah, to then yeah. help them. Yeah, if yeah, that's, that's a legit business. If that is a legit business, then him advertising to that that way in particular is very telling. I always think about that. Like, if you like, I had a bit about it. Like, if you think you're smart, like, pay attention to the commercials that work on you because they're geared to their target market. So, like, if like a Slim Jim commercial, you know, it's fucking gas station meat. Like, what? He, that's not being advertised <laughs> for people who buy. You know what I mean? It's like fucking Mercedes is like for people who have money, and every commercial is like Mercedes because mm, they're like trying to appeal to people who are like dignified and have money. But like Slim Jim is like for fucking sixteen-year-olds who like fart jokes. So like it just like that's they're literally choosing their that's what they think of you. If you are a huge Slim Jim fan, that's who they assume you are. Well, let's just say let's just I got to point out this history that Macho Man Randy Savage was a spokesman for Slim Jim for yeah. many, many years. Yes, yes he was. He's like, let's get these wrestling fans. Let's get these fucking idiots. Dude, the bugger eaters, man. Let's get them. <laughs> But wouldn't it have been great if Mercedes or Lexus was like Macho Man Randy Savage? We would like you to be the new spokesperson for buy buy Lexus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to that. What if we did Macho Man going, oh, yeah, time and temperature by Oh, dear. (laughs) They'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so funny. Yeah, you are absolutely too. right. Ads are just our way of going, what do I identify as? Like, how do I see myself? Because it's just supposed to be you kind of subconsciously looking for what you are on the screen mm-hmm. and going, oh, that's me. So I will get that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. ads, like they, yeah. Because that used to be the best way to advertise to people. Now with the internet, like they collect all your data so they can specifically place an ad in front of you that meets up with the way you behave online. Whereas before it was all done via like TV commercial where like they had to assume like, because you were watching a show that you were this type of person. So that's like during like the daytime Jerry Springer shows, all of the, all the ads are like, go back to school. 
you know, like the ITT tech yeah. and because they know if you're watching that show, you're, you don't have a job. <laughs> like, yeah. like early morning shows like um, Kelly and Ryan, it's always like women's like, uh, like medicine commercials and stuff because mm-hmm. they assume that it's like, you know, women watching it before work or, you know, because they're stay at home moms or whatever. Dude, my banner ads have me pegged to a T. Yeah. Every banner <laughs> ad is like, meet hot thirsty moms in your area and i'm like how do they know how do they know i love hot thirsty moms or or it's local asian singles i'm like these are two things i love (laughs) it's really funny now that i think about it like anytime i'm watching wrestling the uh, ads are for pizza hut um pizza hut boost mobile (laughs) and um That's just and, racist, dude. <laughs> and like, I don't even know what else. Christian, but I, yeah. I have a theory, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this like, weird theory because, like, um, maybe I just never noticed them, but like, un- not. It wasn't until after I got a dog that I started noticing that there's so many like dog food commercials. And I was like, have I? Have they always been there, or am I just noticing them now? Because I we switched yeah. his dog. We switched Louis' dog food. And then all of a sudden I see a commercial for the brand that we switched to. And I was like, I've never seen a commercial for this. I've never even heard of this until the vet recommended it to it. And now I'm seeing commercials. Are you you seeing commercials on TV or commercials? On TV. On TV. That's a little weirder. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's called like the yellow punch buggy syndrome where like if you see a yellow punch buggy and you make a mental note of it, you're more likely to see, you, you know, yellow punch buggies. But it's the it's the same amount as anything else. It's just you're yeah. just hyper aware of it, whatever for whatever reason. I noticed that too because Beavis, it's, like anytime a dog appears on the TV, he loses his mind. Mm-hmm. So like when we first got Beavis, I didn't realize that like forty five percent of commercials had dogs. In them. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, every commercial has a dog in it. That's every what, fucking one. Two things. One. Because I want to go back and say, is that really yeah. the scientific term, yellow punch buggy syndrome? And two, um, yeah, I don't know if it's. I, I, I think it is. I think it's I like a it, sociology experiment. And then two, um, that's absolutely true. Like I remember in a marketing class at business school, there's like, I may have even brought something on the podcast, but it's like the top five things you should put in your ad that just stop people and make us look. It it mm-hmm. it, it was like I think I said it, but it's it's like dogs. Um, babies. It was dogs, babies, uh, probably like hot chicks. And then number four was nuns. Like it was like, (laughs) for whatever reason, like they were like, I don't know, for some reason we're always just like, oh shit, a nun. Like it just like. All right, here it is. Time and temperature check brought to you by the Oh Dear podcast. A nun holding a baby and walking a dog. Macho man, Macho man, Randy Savage voice. <laughs> That's it. Tell That's me that fun. would not be an intoxicating ad, dude. And then the nun like goes like this and rips off her wardrobe, and then it's a hot chick, and then another one I very identical to her pulls up next to her, and then it says and tween, <laughs> and then they start making out. Well, and, and a hose sprays them with water in their wet t-shirts. And a damn feral. Oh, man. Sex doesn't sell like it used to. Uh, sex, is, sex is not allowed to sell. It's like it's gauche. It's tacky. 
The only ones who try and use sex to sell and have dug their heels in, it's like Hardy's hamburgers are still like, fuck it. This chick is eating a hamburger on the hood of a car. She's hot. Our burgers suck, but it doesn't matter because she's hot. (laughs) I like Hardy's. Like Hardy's commercial should be like, Hardy's, we're always in sixth place and it's never going to change. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do. The big five are there and then it's us. <laughs> I, it makes me go like, how are you still in business? Like, I, as Because it's like, actually kind of good, dude. Their slogan should be, yeah. fuck you. You know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, Hardy's is really only competing with like Roy Rogers. And, like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Because you know the big like it's it's McDonald's you know Burger King Taco Bell Wendy's, Wendy's you know Chick Fil A and then it's the second tier of like these trashy ones <laughs> and that's yeah. Hardee's fucking that's Hardee's the, that's a good place to be because McDonald's had to put they had to change their fry oil they had to put salads on the menu they had to act like they're a Starbucks with all these different coffees <laughs> because they need to stay the the fucking Apple Microsoft of the industry whereas Hardee's can just be like fuck you like no one's gonna ask us for healthy options we're hardies we have chili cheeseburgers and then chili cheese dogs and then that's it <laughs> like, you're right that's the pressure of being the mainstream number one is you yeah. your identity bends to the desires of the like general consumption at that time I mean, it's probably is reflected, you know, not to relate it to something someone on the podcast want to talk about, but it can relate to like WWE has to be mainstream. They have to have the most mo- like wide yeah. appeal. And yeah. then Hardee's is like, you know, doesn't they're like, you're right. They can just do whatever the fuck they want because it's that safety of not being the biggest. Yeah. Like um, Absolutely. I was thinking about this yesterday about like you know sex sales and all this stuff but like i was saying pam anderson probably wouldn't have a career like if she started now you know what i mean like if she was like 20 she She might have an only fans yeah that's exactly what i was thinking of i was like oh she'd probably be like a an instagram model or something right like she'd probably be an influencer now because the thing is like these companies don't use like like that sex sells like like uh wet t-shirt commercials right because they they're like they would get protests and all this stuff but like instagrammers like can do that because there's no like board of directors to complain to mm. uh, so i think she might yeah she'd probably be like an OnlyFans like icon she, or would, have a, she would have a career because of like you know but it would be like it would be OnlyFans, it would be Pornhub, it would be things like that. It, would, right. it wouldn't be like you're dating, you're on the like one of the number one shows on TV and Babe Watch and you're having, and you're dating like one of the biggest entertainment people in Tommy Lee. Like yeah. all of those things are like not big anymore. Like if you're a drummer right. of a metal band, you're no one knows who you are. Right. You know, or you know, if like you're you on, can't, you know, I've made the point before, but I, I, I think it's because of porn. It's like it's you can't be an untalented hot person and be famous. <laughs> you know I mean? you like, can't. Yeah. yeah. Like that, be going to watch Baywatch was like the closest you would get to porn back then. Right. But now there's just so much porn. There's no reason for a Baywatch. There's no yeah. reason. That is, a, that is an excellent point. That's probably why the new Baywatch <laughs> didn't it with like they just were like, yeah, all right. Bad. 
people will watch The Rock. People just want to look at The Rock. But like, did anyone give a shit? Yeah, it's like no, no, and that's the problem. Is like we've remade everything for so much that now the remakes are getting like meta and they're like making fun of the original because there's no reason to make remake Baywatch because Baywatch was never good. You know what I mean? Like we're remaking things almost as a bit now. We're like, Hey, wouldn't it be hilarious if we remade saved by the bell and then all the cast, that's actually what they did. There's a saved by the bell show. Yeah, go ahead. I have a fantastic idea that would probably offend some people. I do believe in all female reboots. I think is, you know, female representation is important. That's why I think we should do an all female reboot of Baywatch. <laughs> like, like I, I'm just a good liberal progressive guy, and I just yeah. think like yeah. they should all be chicks in the show. It's yeah. weird these like reboots when they bring back all the old cast. It's almost like it's like the new Dancing with the Stars. Like you bring them back to see who will actually come back. <laughs> like yeah, who still like needs we, this? <laughs> yeah, they, they remade the they, they they remade the things that were like near and dear to our hearts and were good and stuff. And now they're remaking shit that like we barely even liked. Like Baywatch is a good example. Like Baywatch was just something we watched to see Pam Anderson's tits, or like you saw David Hasselhoff without a shirt on. If you're a woman, you know, like there's nothing like there was nothing magical or good about Baywatch. There's absolutely no reason. No, yeah, no one was like, I can't wait to show my kids Baywatch. (laughs) Yeah. So like nine hundred two one zero, they did a whole new one. It's like nine hundred two one zero. You know, there's just no reason to bring a show like that back. There's no reason. And like the, the one now is I was there's a Saved by the Bell show where like it's totally making fun of Saved by the Bell, where it's like Zach Morris is the governor of California and <laughs> his his son is like the leader of his school, but his son is like the bad guy because he's like this like Instagram influencer douchebag. And then like his best friend is like this trans girl who's also like an Instagram model. And then, like, the main characters are these two black kids who, like, got into Bayside and, like, they're from an underprivileged community. And it's, like, the whole idea of the show is the underprivileged kids making fun of the whole existence of Saved by the Bell. So it's, like, why, like that could just be, like, a sketch. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't need to be a whole <laughs> reboot. Like, you don't have to bring the show back. Like, yeah, bring it back. They're bringing back Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but did you ever see the trailer they made? Somebody made like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot trailer and it was like, it was like serious though. Like they made a dramatic, they make, they made a dream, dramatic version I of- I think I did, yeah. Right, so- Why? But, for, but again, it's a trailer though, but it was for like two minutes. So it's like, what, what if- so like for two minutes, you're like, all right, that's kind of interesting, like a, a real dramatic version. But then like Will Smith saw it and he's like, all right, let's make this as a show. And you're like, no, like don't, that's, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, don't, don't make it as a show. Don't that's make it as the, a show. Like, that's, that's the so thing. That's so stupid. They, these like reboots, they're not meant to be full show reboots. They're meant to be like maybe a bumper on an Emmys telecast. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, like, you know, oh shit, you know, like. They're reprising the role for that two minute bit on the on the telecast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's like like exactly. That's the whole point of it. And they just did a Fresh Prince reunion that was on like HBO yeah. Max. That's cool. That's fine to do. But it's also like Fresh Prince episodes are still on like the modern day equivalent of UPN or whatever the fuck that you can just turn on and like you know what I mean? Like you can just they're Fresh Prince episodes are readily available for anybody who wants to watch Fresh Prince. There's zero 
purpose. And that's the, it's like sad how our entertainment in the, the funny thing is, is like they wouldn't be making this shit if it didn't make money. It goes back to the fucking guy with the fucking dollar signs on his suit. Like he's just doing what he has to do to make money. So they're like, Oh, you want us to green light an original idea? Yeah. But this fresh Prince remake reboot is going to murder that in terms of the money we're going to make from it. So let's just do that. And that's what they do because it's, is it though? Like, do they succeed anymore? Cause like the whole reboot or we're bringing it back phenomenon. It was novel like seven years ago when they did it with like, what was like the first one? Is it like boy meets world or something? Fuller like, house. Fuller house. They, they, yeah. They, yeah. It was like, then, you're like, Oh, whoa, yeah. they're doing it again. And exactly. then, but do you ever like sorry, check sorry. your email and you get like the Nigerian Prince email and you're like, does that still work for you, dude? Like I get like if that worked for you in like oh nine and you got like sixty year old people who don't know anything, but like it's twenty twenty like there are still people falling for the Nigerian. Yeah, but it, at this but point, it goes back to like if it wasn't working, they would stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood is a business; they're not going to like lose money on purpose. So whatever they're doing, they're probably going to make money off of it because they're making the decision based off of what has the highest likelihood of making money. And granted, yeah, a lot of shows go one season, get canceled, and they're failures. And we you don't know what, talk about you know what? we talk about the hits and stuff. But it must be really hard if you're a Nigerian prince to get an actual like small business loan. <laughs> <laughs> like you go into the bank, you're like, "All right, listen, I know I'm a Nigerian prince, but like, I actually do need money. Like, I want to start a cupcake <laughs> yeah. store, like." <laughs> Listen, you're a fucking Nigerian prince in general. No one's gonna ever believe anything you say. <laughs> you're like, oh right, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My dream is to make bagels. Why won't you let me make bagels? My dad won't give me money. He's cut me off because he, you know, I need to. You know, forge out of my own. <laughs> Listen, I need a loan for my small business, but my money's tied up <laughs> in a different account. So, can you? I know what this sounds like, but can you please? <laughs> send me I'm just not liquid right now, okay? <laughs> my trust fund doesn't activate for another 10 years. <laughs> I promise when I get it, I'll pay you tenfold. But just going back to these reboots a little bit, it's like, it's just so funny because they redo this stuff like Fuller House and they just, they brought back DuckTales and, uh, and they're both canceled again. Like they got two or three seasons out of them. They're right. both canceled. It's cause like nobody, wa- like nobody's watching this stuff. Like the, the problem with it, especially for like when I was looking at DuckTales, it's like, it's for kids, but the kids. But it's really for the adults that watched it as kids. So, like, there's really no audience for it whatsoever. Right. Um, okay, you know, it's it's interesting because it's it's hard. I think part of it is I heard Seinfeld talking about this yesterday. I was listening to an interview with him. And they were talking about his show and, like, how successful it was. And, he, and he, they asked him, like, how come sitcoms don't seem to be as popular anymore? And his, his opinion was, like, like, you used to, like, there was so much less media that you that you used to just have the your finger on the pulse of what America's watching and doing. So it's a lot easier to make fun of stuff um, that you know seems to be like relatable. But now, in terms of like what people are watching and doing, it's like it's all over the place. So like it's hard. 
to like really nail in an idea that really resonates in a, in a, in a, the way a sitcom has to, you know, yeah. it's like a mass appeal type show. Um, and it's, and it's, it was an interesting point. I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, that's a good, oh, well, one of the things was, I, I thought that's what was so brilliant about the Seinfeld reunion they did on Curb Your Enthusiasm is they really, yeah. they didn't do the show, but they kind of did the show. Like they did like yeah. real short scenes and it felt like the show with like updated yeah. stuff but they didn't actually do an episode so it felt satisfying enough but not like yeah but know. that relates to like the Seinfeld union is great done once exactly yeah for a thing and it's kind of like not just going hey we got them all in a room yeah. it's like yeah. okay we actually wrote yeah. something that sort of you know speaks to why people love Seinfeld and maybe just ever so slightly enhances it for this one moment by the way, done by someone who, like, also was, is Larry David. So it's like, okay, he was, you know, one of the co-creators of it. And did it on yeah. his next great show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, uh, well, it's like the Fuller House and all these reboots. I think people are, like, they like, they get excited for when they're announced and when they're coming out. And then everybody watches the premiere. And I think people are just more comforted by the idea that they're on rather than, like, actually them watching watching the shows and like enjoying them or whatever to me it's like it's still on and when it it gets canceled they're like oh shit it got canceled like well why didn't you watch it (laughs) i think it to me it's less even that i mean to me it's like almost like they almost are just doing it like we do everything these days like they're just doing it for the social media post yeah like it's like we have to do all this shit so that when we post we're bringing it back we actually have to have brought it back but they should just go let's just post that we're bringing it back. We'll never film anything and yeah. no one will even check. And we'll just say we're bringing it back so we can get, you know, a hundred thousand retweets on a, on yeah, a post. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, do you know what a lead magnet is in sales? No. Yeah. What is that? A lead, ma- a, a lead magnet is um, some sort of thing that you oftentimes is like a giveaway but it's basically designed to get a whole bunch of leads. So basically like, here's an example, like give us your email address and we'll send you a free this. Yeah. And the whole point of it is, is like the thing they're giving away is related to what they want to sell. So they're just getting a whole bunch of leads of people signing up for that. Cause then they go, Hey, this whole group of people who signed up are interested in this area of things. So now we can start emailing them other sales opportunities. So the whole point of it, is to get leads. And I think these shows are almost like that where they go, well, listen, full house had all of these people who watched it in the nineties and people, a lot more people watch full house in the nineties than anybody watches sitcoms today because there's fewer competitions. You have this huge body of people who loved full house. So if we make a reboot of full house, it's like a lead magnet. They will all come in to watch the first episode because they have to see what Bob Saget yeah. looks like now. And the Olsen twins, how are they going to talk <laughs> they about the Olsen twins? Are they going to be involved? Are they not going to be like, everybody yeah. will go in and they're just depending on like, like 50 or 40% of those people to continue watching. But the truth yeah. is, is probably only 5% will keep watching because the show yeah. sucks. It's called a, uh, in TV, it's called the lost leader. Like uh, that's what mm-hmm. uh, Mad Men was for AMC. Mad Men never really did like amazing ratings. It was just like a prestige show that got a lot of conversation. So they kept mm-hmm. it on because enough people watched it that if they were like, all right, if we um, remove AMC from your cable systems, enough people will like 
so enough people will complain about AMC being removed because they want to see Mad Men. So they can, yeah. so then they can bundle AMC and whatever other companies that AMC is affiliated with, with in your cable subscription. Well, if you want Mad Men, you got to have AMC, uh, Turner classic movies and something else or whatever. Yeah. So it's almost like, it's almost like Mad Men maybe only had, I don't know, 5 million viewers, but it was like 5 yeah. million, like pretty diehard viewers. Yeah, but it's called The Lost Leader because they lose money on that show. But it doesn't matter because in the long run, they feel like they gain money um, through. Yeah, because it's like you might lose on the numbers of the show by itself in terms of yeah. like how much the production costs in relation to how much ad revenue you bring in yeah. during the show. But the value outside of that is all those other things. So, it's like um, yeah. it, it made me think of Walking Dead because, like, I just saw on my feed like a Walking Dead gift box. And how is that show still on? It's I still don't, on. I, sorry, real quick. I just read yeah. this thing. It's like it's been on for eleven seasons, and none of the original cast are on it anymore. Yeah. It make it's like it must be the cheapest show to. Sh- I know they shoot it in Georgia in like the woods, <laughs> so like maybe there's just no like they don't pay for anything but like the reason it's the like, reason it's still me, on like that show i started watching that show season 1 i think i made it through like the middle of season 4 it's great so that it's just so fucking depressing like it just got worse and worse and sadder and sad people would die that you love and i'm like you have to be like a weird like glutton for punishment to watch 11 seasons of that shit it's so fucking depressing um, it's uh, it's still on because it is a merchandise. Yeah, that was juggernaut. That was going to be the point. Is like you're like this show exists to sell action figures and coasters and everything, comic just comic book, just shit. Because it's a yeah. very merchandisable universe. Zombies. Todd, Todd McFarlane made a mint on that show, dude. <laughs> like he made so many toys off that. That's um, yeah. Whereas, but, uh, like, you can't have a merchandise of Mad Men that much. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Men, you know, whiskey or something. That's probably what they made. That is, um, yeah. But I was watching the Animaniacs reboot, and I don't know if I talked about this before, but I was like, watching it, and I'm like, this show doesn't seem – like, the references are all about, guys, this is a reboot, and making fun of the fact that the show got canceled 22 years ago, and now they're back and stuff. Yeah. And I was watching it. I'm like, who is this for? I'm like, because I don't know. I don't know yeah. if adults are watching it. But it ultimately, I realized, oh, this show is for the animators and writers working on it because they all grew up watching Animaniacs. It's just for them yeah, to dude. enjoy it. Christian, I had the exact same thought. Like, we watched the reboot, and I was like, this isn't for kids. Like, th- this is like making fun of like high concept ideas. Like, yeah. TV networks and cancel. Like, there's no child, there's no eight year old with wonder watching this going, like, oh, yeah, you're right. TV shows do get canceled. like it. I was like, they're making the show like for us, like for like 30 year old people who watched it when they were a kid. And by the way, I didn't hate it. I thought it was there were some funny jokes and some funny things in there, but it just seems so, it just seems so weird that they made like a, they rebooted a kid's cartoon and it's not for kids. So it's, it, I don't know, it's just weird. It's not for kids, but it's also not adult. Like they don't like curse or anything. Like it's weirdly still PG. But that's Um, you know, it's it to me. It makes me think of like you're right. It 
it exists so that because someone was able to get it through the networks and get enough money so that we could provide some jobs for some people and yeah, yeah. the ones at the higher end of you know the shows like uh pecking order made a lot of or made more money it, yeah. it makes me exactly yeah. just think of my friend worked at a inner underwear startup like a uh you know fancy underwear and he remembers he tells me this funny story of when he remembers that the startup got their like series whatever c funding whatever it was yeah. And the company threw a big party. They got $20 million from a rich venture capital firm. $20 million. And the, you know, this little, this party, and there was balloons that had two, zero, zero, 20 million in balloon form. Mm -hmm. And my friend was looking at it and he was like, oh, this is the business plan. The business plan wasn't <laughs> to sell $20 million in revenue of underwear. The business plan was to convince a venture capital firm that they should give $20 million because that $20 million is just going towards sustaining the business and giving us a couple more years of jobs. And if you're at the yeah. higher end, a lot of stability. Cause you're like, fuck it. I just got 200 grand. That's my salary. 200, 200 grand. Yeah. yeah that's why I'm like, I, I I'll always like see like a TNT show, like Rizzoli and Isles or like bones. This is, I'm like, bones are still on. But then you like you you're not mad at it because there's some script supervisor who fucking banked off that show for like twelve years. You're like, good on her. Yeah. She's yeah. Just, yeah. It's funny though. Like like you know, like the number one TV show for like years. I don't know if it still is or if it's still on the air. It might be off the air now, but it was fucking NCIS. Yeah. Like still Mark Harmon. And that's the thing that we don't like the the country. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the country. And how I think a lot of people on the left and maybe a lot of people on the right too, kind of see the country as like a liberal country, like center left, but we're fucking not dude. We're not at all. Cause like all of the metrics of have measuring popular shit, like NCIS gets way more views than like all of your amazing liberal comedies that everybody loves. Like, you know, fucking uh two broke or not two broke girls what's the other one on comedy central it doesn't matter but like all of those like popular you know like the the shows that win emmys none of them get ncis's ratings and like beyonce can't outsell garth brooks garth <laughs> brooks murders beyonce in the charts and the ratings and in terms of sales but no one ever like when was the last time garth brooks ever did anything that you even but he's putting out albums making millions of dollars it's just because like the media has kind of passed these people. And, I, and it, I think this is where like the whole Trump stuff comes from is like, there's this whole group of people like, you know, to borrow the term silent majority. It's like all these people who participate in these very kind of seemingly kind of conservative things uh, are in mass numbers all operating and they're just not talked about or catered to. And it's weird. It's like if you were a TV exec, why wouldn't every show be Roseanne? Like, why wouldn't every show just be like, how do we appeal to these people? Like, like why would you, why would you greenlight some fucking snarky liberal comedy about like a gay guy and a lesbian being best friends in Brooklyn? Like, who the fuck watches that? You know who watches that? Two million people worldwide. It makes no. We everything. Our judgment is all skewed. Like we judge off of Twitter, but like one in six adults have a Twitter account. But, like, Twitter is seen as, like, the fucking 
the pulse of the country when it's just fucking not. It's just a bunch of fucking idiots complaining and about everything. Like I just feel like the goalposts that we measure everything by are just completely made up house of cards shit. I was uh, I was doing a pitch meeting at a company and uh, the, I, I was meeting with the, t- the two guys were like 26 year old dudes who live in Brooklyn and they were telling me about like all the shows that they have coming up and it was like one was like well we have this one show about a Brooklyn artist whose art comes to life like when you know he doodles and his art and he's in Brooklyn and dealing with gentrification and stuff I'm like no one's gonna watch that. No one is going to watch Nobody. that. <laughs> like, they don't care about Brooklyn like you do. Stop. Um, yeah. Dude, make a, make a fucking – make a video about a fucking coal mining family in West Virginia. Make a sitcom about them and it will get – it will murder the rating. Um, but yeah, like going back to Roseanne because that, that's the point I was going to bring up. That got like 6 million viewers, which is – that's an astronomical number now. In- in 20 yeah, yeah in this era yeah. of like the fragmentation of media that is like that really is like oh shit they're putting up like they're putting up mid 2000s numbers in 2020 like that was like enough where that's that's big enough where like you might like someone might not have canceled Roseanne like another another like executive might have been like I mean, she is making a lot of money. Did she say <laughs> like, anything yeah. that bad? What was it again? She called, I believe she called some. She called a black lady. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact thing, but she called some. She referred to a black person as a like ape or gorilla or something. Okay, yeah. yeah I she mean, called him like an ape or a gorilla that's an ISIS, and she was like half Middle Eastern, half black. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> yikes! And then she, I didn't but, know the bitch was black. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is like. Yeah, I mean that's but like why just having a TV show? Why is the prerequisite of you being a moral good person? You know, like like it kind of doesn't matter. Like as long as you're not doing anything illegal, it doesn't matter because if the ratings are there, they're there. So like, who gives a fuck if like David Muir, the the lead guy at the news, is a piece of shit off air, or if he's the biggest saint on air? It has nothing to do with like the ratings of the show. People watch the new show who like the new show. So I don't get why it even matters. And it's all it just goes back to ABC caved to Twitter culture on Roseanne because there was fifteen thousand people on Twitter going like, "I've never been more offended in my life. She needs to be fired." And ABC is like, "Oh, fifteen thousand people on Twitter. They think it's it's more of a representation of the country, but it's not in any way at all." And we see it all and the I, time. I, Trump still got 75 million votes. You know, like it's not like now my, my calculation is he got 94 million, but <laughs> recount. But I bet those 15,000 don't didn't watch your show anyway. And uh, of course, that's what that's like that's the thing. people yeah, pick that's pointless that's crusades. The people who don't watch the show want to cancel it. It's like you don't even watch it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Everyone who said you, like, cancel Roseanne, you should have gone, name a second character on the show. <laughs> if you can't name a second character, just shut up. Because it's, it's okay for something to exist in the world of entertainment and media that I think sucks, that I think has a cast of despicable people, whatever it is. It's okay that there's a despicable musician out there. 
Does that mean I would want to support him? Maybe not. I'll make that judgment. To be fair, I haven't seen seen any Roseanne, but if I like, I if I had to do that, I would just guess the name Cody, and I'd probably be right. (laughs) Randy. (laughs) Yeah. But it goes back to they brought back Roseanne, and then they had the neighbors. They had the neighbors be Muslim people, and they had one of her grand children be like a non-binary gay kid yeah and i'm like who is that for the people who watch roseanne aren't asking for that you might yeah. put it in there because you think it's like oh it's like progressive look at we we made roseanne more progressive but like i guarantee you n- nobody who watches that show needs those characters in that show <laughs> they just don't it's funny that too because like these people become especially on abc which is owned by disney these people become like um like roseanne and now Tim Allen, they sort of like they make all this money for these companies, and then now that it's not that cool, they like try to slide them out. Like they're making a Buzz Lightyear movie, but not about the toy. Yeah. They're making it about the person that the toy is based off. In the world of Toy Story, there's a guy named Buzz Lightyear, and he had toys made out of him. So they're making the movie about that guy, which is voiced by Chris Evans or Pine. Yeah. I don't know which one. But that's just a, a, a nice way of sliding Tim Allen right out of there because oh he's my, like a yeah. Guy. Dude, oh you're, I, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, they're making a Buzz Lightyear movie without Tim Allen? That's just shocking. They're just trying <laughs> to get rid of that. Wait, that, that, that it's fucking Twitter, you know, cancel thing. And then they'll, they'll come out and say, we didn't hire him for the movie. We used all his old audio that we had previously recorded. <laughs> yeah. So, that was, you know, our intellectual property. It's just like it, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're like the frustration, uh, that people feel, uh, you sent it to our group chat, but it is true that like people in general don't really even vote based off candidate. They just vote, vote based off how they culturally feel where each party, what they kind of culturally vaguely represent. And like, Mm -hmm. it is true. Like Democrats or liberals or the fuck in people's, you want to call them in people's minds represent canceling people they represent like shutting people off or out yeah Uh, they represent you know acting like identity is the only thing a person is defined by and uh and then yeah just this general idea that like it's not okay to be a republican is like i don't know if that's the it's a pretty unhealthy perspective I, yeah, it's it's like this is what I'm trying to explain to people too. Is like I was having a conversation this weekend about like Pete Buttigieg versus like Elizabeth Warren and stuff, and like who we liked when they start announced their candidacy and stuff. And I was like, the pro- I think the problem with liberals is that they they don't give a fuck. And I mean, I guess the, it's probably true of conservative people too. They don't. They have no interest in letting the other half the country have any say in anything. So like when when you the reason why Biden was a great choice is because he appeals to the middle and not to the left. You need the middle because that's like where the most people are. And like you need people in the middle, but like the people who are like on the far left, they like think that Biden sucks and they're disappointed by him. But I'm like you're but if you back a far left candidate, there's no chance that they would win. So it's like your options are Trump again because she he destroyed Elizabeth Warren or Biden and Biden wins. You like you you like you have to like 
consider the whole country. And then you have to also consider we're not going to accomplish anything as a country is if we're just trying to pander to our base of people. So like, you know, you can't just want your president to be a president for just you. You have to consider everybody and everybody has to be brought forward at the same time. That's what's frustrating. It's yeah. It's the pros and cons of a democracy. And that because people sucks that there is an easily manipulated people who think there's pedophiles running everything. And I think that it, it, it's, it sucks and it's borderline like the thing that will, be the end of the country as we know but it is like misinformation manipulating people into doing something that they wouldn't be capable of otherwise this and is, electing people like trump it's like the biggest threat to our democracy no but um, that's where the republic that's why like republicans in congress are fucking they're genius games at gamesmanship they're <laughs> because what they've done with left quote-unquote left points of view is they've attached the word radical to it so now which is an implicitly negative theory word radical yeah you're like some of this shit is not like wanting everybody to have health coverage that's not radical motherfuckers so stop they have they have made radical monopolized by progressive ideals and the frustrating thing with progressivism is from like a policy perspective i don't believe in any ideologies i just think you look at the current game board we have and you should base your ideology off of that You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't like, it's not like we need capitalism to the end. Like we've had capitalism unchecked for so long. So now it's time we got to like, just check it, call it whatever you want to call it, call it socialism, call it regulation. I don't care. We just need to check it. Probably in like the eighties or like in a post-war time period, it was better to just like, all right, capitalism, go fucking go nuts because let's just get these people the money while Europe is decimated and America hasn't been yeah. really touched infrastructurally. So just go crazy capitalism. But they manipulate us. That's the end of it. Yeah, well, they talk, we, we talked about it on the on our group chat about like, it's like, it, it, go, it goes two ways. It's like one of them is the free market and small government is such a nice appeal. Like I would love to live in a society where everybody was just doing the right thing there was less regulations on things because they weren't needed. People were all productive, making money, having you know good lives. I would love a world like that. The, like re- the Republican utopia, everybody pulls themselves up by their own bootstraps, and it, it all sounds great. But the problem is, is it doesn't account for human nature, which is anytime something goes is unchecked, unregulated, those people always abuse everything in order for them to make the most amount of money and it's everything it went for it started with i mean it maybe didn't start with but i mean if you just go by america like slavery when we threatened to take the slaves away they fucking it was a war over it because Mm -hmm. like they needed the government to be like hey it's not cool to have slaves and then after slavery was abolished and then the industrial revolution happened there's all these factories and they're like, hey, let's just hire Irish immigrants and children. children. And like the, the fucking people who are like not as protected by society. We're going to make them work 85 hour weeks and we're going to pay them three cents an hour. We're going to make millions, but they're going to yeah. have the worst. And then the government had to step in and be like, guys, you can't do that. And then like civil rights. It's like, yes, black people are, are equal, but like they're being treated unfairly and you can't have segregated water fountains and you can't have segregated, you know, all these things. And like, the government they, had to put it this way. they had to make they had to make it a law that kids had to go to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like as much as it sucks that 
you know, people talk about government overreach and like times like this, it, it goes back to COVID. It's like, I would love for government not to have the need and or authority to just shut businesses down whenever they feel like it's dangerous. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who just don't take this seriously. And those are people who can ruin it for the rest of us. So they have to do something. So it's either they shut down businesses or they let COVID go rampant like it is in like Florida and other parts of the country where they just don't give a shit. So it's like there, there's no good answer because then the government regulation side of it is government is inefficient and it's expensive. It doesn't work. It's slow. Like it's just like there's no real good answer to any of this, unfortunately. Um, go ahead, Chrissy. No, I think you said it all there. But uh, I, I do want to circle back like a little bit because uh, there's like one thing that I – What wrestling about. point do you want to bring up? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to bring up. <laughs> no, but there's one thing I d- I've been thinking about all week and yeah. it kind of relates back to what we were talking about, about reboots and everything, Lost Leaders. So HBO Max is doing Wonder Woman on Christmas. Um, and mm-hmm. they announced that before. They're doing Christmas and in theaters. And then a couple of weeks ago, they announced that all their movies now will be theatrical release and uh, video release, right? Home video streaming on HBO Max. Um, yeah. People had a problem. People had problems with this. Uh, Christopher Nolan, the director of Dark Knight, Inception, Tenet, most recently, came out and said he tweeted, which is weird for he's like a seems like a mild British man. He tweeted. Mm-hmm. A lot of directors went to bed working for the greatest studio in the world and woke up working for the worst streamer streaming service in the world, which is like yeah. pretty harsh. Uh, and like people are upset about that. But Who's I'm interested. It? I'm sorry, Who's go ahead. The director for Fox Films is that how it works? Warner, Warner Brothers. Oh, Warner Brothers. Okay, Warner, yeah. Warner Brothers, which is owned by AT and T, and now AT and T owns HBO Max, and they said yeah. we're going to put all this stuff on HBO Max from now on. It's not a Warner Brothers decision. It's an AT&T decision because their philosophy is, well, fuck it. Um, our goal at AT&T is to drive people using our service, our our network, our whatever. So the more they're streaming, the better it is for us. So that benefits them. But uh, a lot of people kind of like lose out on money if it's not theatrical. Meaning if you get a certain amount of box office, you get a bonus. You get points on that. If it just goes to streaming, you don't get those points anymore. So oh a lot God. of people are like, fuck that. They actually made a deal with um, Gal Gadot and the director, Patty Jenkins. They're like, they just gave them both 10 million bucks because they're not going to get the same box office stuff for Wonder Woman, which is nice. But anyway, my point is, is like, all right, Christopher Nolan went on Twitter and bashed a major studio because he's sort of untouchable. Just recently, Dave Chappelle went on his uh, YouTube basically and bashed a major corporation, which is Viacom and HBO max just took his Chappelle show off their service at his request. Mm -hmm. And Kanye West came out and shit on his major corporate record label. I'm wondering what it is. There's something to me connected there about like these big Taylor Swift as well, like big time artists going after their like corporate overlords like for lack of a better term about fairness and stuff and i wonder why that's happening yeah i mean i think a lot of it is like i think a lot of it's like the internet mobilized in a lot of ways and like like if you go on reddit there's a lot of like shit on reddit it's almost like a calmer version of twitter where people are talking about the 
like the inadequacies and the unfairness of a lot of things were because I think before like the the big execs who made all the money weren't really in the public eye as much as they are now they're just names at the end of the movie that you don't really really consider because you're watching it because you want to see Tom Hanks or whatever yeah but now that those those people and the people who are making the most money it's more like there's more awareness on just how much better they do than the people who actually create the shit and how they're kind of like middlemen in a lot of ways who end up owning the intellectual property. And it's like the, right now we have a battle going on with like social media companies owning all of our data. It's yeah. like, whose data is it? You know? And it's like, I think people are just more aware. And I think people are just talking about like, you know, and, and like AOC tweeted something very interesting about how like the average uh, maternity leave for like companies and you know, whatever large size companies or whatever is like six weeks or something. And they're like, when a puppy is born, they say that you can't give the puppy to a, a human until it's been with its mother for at least eight weeks. And she was like, that's what happens. Like when you let the free market decide is like human babies are treated worse than puppies. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, but it, you know, it goes back to what kind of what we were talking about before. And it's like how, when you let the market decide the the people who are like making the most money will do whatever they can to make sure that they're the ones making the most money. And I think now more than ever, people are kind of aware of this, scam system that we've all been participating in for the longest time where people like gal gadot and like barry jenkins and stuff and kanye and Chappelle, like none of like the all of the shit that they made is their intellectual property but because of some stupid horseshit contract it's actually owned by the person who just aired it which is makes no sense it would be like if you painted a picture a beautiful portrait and then the art museum that wants to display it says they own it it may, what do you how do you own it just because you're showing it to people like what well, gives you any ownership and i guess they're paying for like the production it. of it too but the thing is is like you have to understand is like they're paying for production and they're paying for those things but they're paying for the intellectual property too you know what right. I mean? like so like the, if you're you're almost leasing it then because you're you're paying for Chappelle's brilliance but that that doesn't mean you get to own Chappelle's brilliance it's like it's like a service that you paid for and not something that you get to keep forever well that was what was so and like these big artists on one hand it's it's easy to just go like oh you're a millionaire who cares but on the other you're like yeah well i think i said this point repeat i'm repeating myself but we're they're the corporation is who they're fighting like who cares about that that is not a real entity that didn't make the actual art that had no they just and then what's the argument is they have the coffers and they have like the money to like get it out there. I mean, maybe on a tiny infinitesimally small scale, I encountered that with like trying to have some distributors put out my comedy special. Granted the deals I was offered, you know, uh, probably less than what Taylor Swift gets offered, but, <laughs> um, but it, it just, it, the argument is they can distribute it, but you're like, I think with the internet now, like distribution can on its scale, like just be owned by the artist itself more easily. So, you know, if the big guys aren't going to, if the big guys start fighting them, then maybe that'll help the waters for like the artists who don't have millions of people who know their name and don't have. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I just think I it was that, interesting. Like, 
Yeah, I, I did too. Uh, Bill Burr was talking about it on uh, Rogan's podcast about how like Seinfeld's deal, like Seinfeld has made so much money off of his deal on Seinfeld, like because mm-hmm. he ended up with the majority of the money when you resold the show in syndication and all that. And that's where like a lot of the money is, is if you have a yeah. successful show reselling it. And he said that like, he basically heard like after that deal, every company was like, never give out another Seinfeld contract. Yeah. Never do that. Never offer oh. that because, because the person who created the show was the one who monetarily made off with it. Which, by the way, is how it fucking should be. It's that's yeah. who like, deserves to make the money. I'm glad so that's who deserves to do it. And often, oftentimes, producers like if you hear like Neil Brennan talk about it, he's he's told some candid stories about the producers on the Chappelle Show. But the, oftentimes, the the producers who like you know who work for the you know the um the 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 network or whatever they impede the show if anything because they take yeah. ideas and they're like no they thought like Clayton Bigsby was terrible they thought Rick James was terrible and they're like no and then that was part of the reason why they shot him in a live audience so they could mm-hmm. see everybody laughing that's all because awesome. like these people don't fucking know they yeah. don't know so that's another reason why you don't get to own when you push back on everything a creative person creates and says no that's not going to work and then you're undeniably wrong about it you don't also then get to make all the money and take all the credit you get to, yeah. for the show because you <laughs> didn't even think it was a good idea like let you produce a show and give all the notes and just have yes men doing all of your shit and then, and then you get to keep those shows monies because you're the ones who did it all but you know, it's just it's bullshit that's exactly what happened the seinfeld thing is exactly what happened to george lucas because he he made star wars everybody was like he was even convinced that it was going to be a bomb and a disaster. But before he did, when he made the deal, he was like, they were like, well, we can't really pay you a lot. We're not going to pay you X amount. So he was like, all right, that's fine. Just give me, um, I think the movie might've gone over budget. He's like, here's, here's what I'll take a cut in my salary. Just let me have the merchandise rights. <laughs> it's awesome. And they were like, it's 1976 <laughs> or 77. He's, they're like, fucking mer- go ahead idiot <laughs> and then he owned like he owned star wars he owned star wars he, uh, like he fox distributed it but he owns it and he made he paid for empire strikes back out of pocket um, <laughs> that's why he sold it himself to disney for five disney. for four billion dollars yeah, he made yeah he made so much money and that's how it should be the person who creates it should have like I don't deny that, that you know like I'm not one of those people who's fuck the corporations. If there's a corporation like FX, for instance, who like worked with Louis on like his, the show Louis, um, he Louis was basically saying like John uh, Grath, I think his name is McGrath or whatever. Lingraf. Would yeah, Lingraf. He he was like a super awesome person to work with because he didn't get in your way, and then he would help you in other ways and. If there's a thing where like a producer is more of a partner, then you can split the cut at the end, you know? Like if Louis, you know, if Louis owned his show and then John Linthgraf helped him, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways, they could say, Hey, let's have I'll take sixty, you take forty on all the after right. the fact. So anytime they sell it to Hulu or anything, they split it. I'm okay with that because I'm not saying they do nothing. No, yeah, yeah of course. They assume, and they also assume the financial risk if the show bombs and doesn't do well. They're in the hole with all the money, but they're also making enough money to have those mistakes. Like, like they can withstand a show bombing or a movie bombing 
And the, you know, it's not like Warner Brothers is going to go out of business if a movie bombs, you know? So like, on one hand, they do assume the financial risk uh, if the, it doesn't do well. But at the other hand, it's like, if it does do well, it's because of the creators and not because of you. So he yeah, also, it, uh, it, it's interesting. He also did something really smart where he, um, he kept this show so low budget where, to the point where he asked him, he asked John Langrock, what's the most amount of money you can give me to make this show without having to ask your bosses? And that is like the smartest thing. Um, we got to go. Oh, oh, shit. No, that's, go now. That's, that's a genius. That's a, uh, no, that's genius. That's all I'm going to say. If you want to wrap this yeah. up, or plan the plane. Yeah. yeah. Let's just wrap it up now. Um, Brad, you got anything? Everybody, you know, the usual, my comedy special is out now on YouTube and tomorrow I will be releasing a Mandarin dub of the hour special. That's right. <laughs> the entire hour special has been dubbed, swear to God, into Mandarin. This is my attempt to take over the Chinese market. So As you know, I am a publicly traded comedian. So, you know, it's an untapped so market again. comedically. So buy your yeah. Brett coin on BrettTrade.com and watch the hour special in Mandarin with English subtitles. What? So funny. Uh, yeah, I have a, a new episodes of Hungry Wit Out. Check out my YouTube channel. I need followers and subscribers on YouTube uh, so I can start making some money off of it. So it would be really great if you could please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you go to youtube.com slash Nick Whitmer. Sounds good. ChristianDuranComedy.com, uh, Christian No H, Christian Duran, uh, King Latifah on all streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Play, whatever you want. Google, I don't care. Stream it. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you. Maybe we'll see you next week, or maybe we won't because it's going to be Christmas time, but we'll figure it out. All right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Merry Christmas. And at, oh, dear, we Merry say Christmas. Merry Christmas. We say Merry Christmas. Also, also happy Hanukkah because it is technically Hanukkah, too. Oh, so. we say Merry Christmas here, but also happy Hanukkah. But we say Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.